reading from the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the 35th verse. On that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind him, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. On the wall in front of you is a painting by Rembrandt. Um, Rembrandt is my favorite artist. You know that by now. You might remember back when all of this stuff started. You got things from me. Devotionals that were focused on Rembrandt and his paintings from the Gospels and, and paintings of Jesus and things like that. This is one of my favorite of those paintings of Jesus. The storm is intense looking, isn't it? It's just intense. I had this in mind when I traveled to Israel and they told us we were going to see the Sea of Galilee. And man, this is what I expected to see, right? But it wasn't much bigger than, than Lake Wiley. It didn't appear to me. Maybe a little bit broader. You could see the other side of it. There was no falling off at the horizon. But it was surrounded by hills and our tour guide made sure to mention to us that it could get very rough very fast. That the winds that came down would get trapped in the kind of valley there or something to that effect and just whip it into, you know, a big gigantic foamy pit of chaos. And chaos is exactly what sea had come to represent for the people of Israel. When they came before the Red Sea, they were under chaos. Pharaoh was on their heels, coming behind them to kill them. He had repented of his choice to let them go and decided that he would grab back his honor and chase these people down and slay them all. And there was chaos behind them and a sea in front of them. And God acted and split the water. Remember that? Did any of y'all watch the Ten Commandments back, way back a couple months ago when I told you to make sure you watched it? Anybody do that? Y'all still haven't watched that movie? That's why nothing I say makes sense. Y'all watch horrible movies. In that movie, Charlton Heston makes this big beleaguered effort, you know, to kind of hold out his arms and stretch forth his rod. But Charlton wasn't the one splitting the sea. It was God who split the sea so that the Israelites could escape what was behind them. 
and move on into what was ahead of them. Isn't life like that? Sometimes don't you feel like you just need for God to pluck you out of the chaos that you're in and move you to a moment of peace? Do you ever feel so overwhelmed that you find yourself praying that God will just please move me into something peaceful? Maybe you start hoping that things will be better the next morning, the next month, the next year. Chaos. That's what this world is shaped like. There's order in it. In the natural world, there's plenty of order. Look at a flower sometime and see how the petals are all evenly spaced. Pick up a bug and look at how symmetrical it is. There's mathematical order in everything, even in the way the air hangs, the way the wind moves. But human beings see the wind move and we think that it's always chaotic. But every, absolutely everything that ever happens has order. Because God has ordered the world. I think it's human beings who bring chaos into that order. We are the creators of that chaos. It is us who brought sin and death into the world. And the storm that's raging this day is emblematic for the people in that boat of the way that sin and death impacts our lives and brings chaos into our lives. If you have ever for a moment, ever, I know most of y'all are perfect, but if you've ever for even a moment even thought about doing something wrong, then you have tasted that chaos. If you've ever been caught up in something that you knew was wrong, but you suddenly you're caught up in it, and you start to feel the effects of it, not only on your own soul or on your own thoughts, but you start to see the effects of your actions in the lives of other people, then you have seen what chaos really is. You have seen the chaos that human beings bring by being so concerned with ourselves that we think only of our own desires or our own needs. I have heard people talk about church that way. Chaos most often comes to congregations when the people start to feel that the congregation's purpose is to suit their needs. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm going to a different church. This one just doesn't meet my needs anymore. What a very unchristian thing to say. That is a form of chaos in and of itself. Chaos. That's what the sea represented for this ancient people that, whose faith we have been caught up in. The sea represented chaos. Especially the stirred up sea when there was water spraying everywhere and wind and waves. And you know, doesn't Rembrandt just catch that pretty awesomely in that painting? Do you see the chaos? Do you see them clutching at stuff? Grabbing at things. The guys in the back of the boat seem pressed into the back. They're all grabbing Jesus. One guy has his hand on his shoulder. The other one's pointing out to the sea. The others just look terrified. One guy's in the back got a white knuckle death grip on the oar. Looks like a friend of mine in my truck one day. But do you notice that Jesus is calm and the light around him seems serene? One of the things that we do to comfort ourselves when we're all caught up in chaos together, when something bad happens in the world, we all say we're all in the same boat, right? You ever told somebody that? Somebody nod yes. 
Good grief, it's seen like 10 years y'all been doing this with me. Nobody knows the nod yet. We're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. But you know, sometimes that's not true. And the reason people say that because they're really just wanting to comfort themselves. But here's the delightful truth about this story. The chaos is real. This isn't some little nursery rhyme story or a felt borderline thing Jesus story. This is real. These people might die. The people that you see painted in front of you today in that moment thought they were going to drown. They didn't think they were going to make it back. They didn't think Jesus was going to stand up and tell the calm waves to calm down. They thought that the wind and the waves were going to break the boat apart and they were going to perish. And even more, get this, they thought Jesus didn't give a rip. Don't you care that we are perishing? They said, This can't be good news if it's not really happening. It can't be good news. There can't be good news in this story if the death wasn't impending, if it wasn't actually possible that they were all going to drown. So it's the first thing we need to take hold of. I've seen one of the boats that they were likely in. It was unearthed not, long, not terribly long ago on the, sea, the shore of the Sea of Galilee. I wouldn't have gotten that, that thing with three of y'all to go across Nivens, Nivens Creek, much less go across the Sea of Galilee with 11 of you. But so they did. And it looked like they were going to drown. That chaos was going to have the final say. That the violence of the wind and the waves acting in their life, these things that are symbolic today for us, of the violence of sin and death in our lives, the violence that all of our behaviors brings in the world, Sometimes I hear people say, if God is so good, why do bad things happen in the world? You ever heard somebody say that? It's like those people don't realize that it's us sorry human beings who are doing the bad things. God's not blowing up tenement housing or launching bombs into Israel. Human beings are doing that. God's not blowing up planes over the Atlantic. Human beings do that. And all around us is this same chaos that gets created every day by the selfish, inane, hurtful, and honestly absurd actions and choices that human beings make every single day to serve themselves first. And that's what this chaos represents. Because Jesus has been teaching them up until now about the kingdom of God and how we serve the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God spreads like a mustard seed or how it grows like a tiny seed that just grows up or how it gets washed into the world. But now a moment comes when chaos threatens His words and looks to prove Him wrong. Listen to what happened. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up. The word there is the same word that's used when the angel tells them later at the tomb, He is risen. You could read there, He arose. 
He rebuked the wind. What does that mean? It means he told the wind that it was wrong. It means that he shouted at the chaos that it was doing something it should not be doing. To be rebuked means to be told to stop because what you're doing is destructive to someone or something else. And so he rebukes them. He rebukes the wind. And said to the sea, Peace, be still. I think Rembrandt probably should have had a second painting of the ocean calm, the moonlight dancing on the water, and the disciples huddled at his feet. Can you imagine the shift that happened then? They've gone from being terrified that they're all going to die to suddenly everything is calm. There was a great chaos. And then literally from the Greek, there was a great calm. Can you imagine that? And suddenly they wondered, who is this? Who had been teaching them? This one who had been teaching them about the kingdom of God. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey Him? Even those things that in their lives most represented the chaos and destruction of the world. He stood up and told those things, peace, and they stopped. I'm going to be annoying today and ask you questions. You ready? Everybody play along. We can be here until 2 o'clock if you want to. Do you believe that Jesus was a human being? Yes, right? 100% human, 100% man. That's what all our doctrines teach us. We believe that's what Scripture teaches us, particularly the Gospel of John. Matthew teaches us that. He was both God and human. I wonder if Jesus' human nature wasn't a little bit scared on that boat sometimes. But knowing who He was, maybe not. Do you believe that Jesus died? Well, that's a pretty easy thing to believe, right? We all going to die. Every last one of us. About a little over a week and a half ago, they placed John Hip's tombstone. And it was in a little bit wrong place at the start. And I caught myself thinking, that's what will happen with mine. It will get put in the wrong place. Especially if a computer is responsible for it. And then I thought about that, about thinking about my tombstone. I'm going to die. There's no way around it. Unless I'm alive when Jesus returns, I'm going to die. Eventually, the chaos that's around me will get hold of me too. And when I take hold of that mortality... I get that same sense, that little bubbling sense in me that these guys have. And every happy birthday when there's another candle on that already very bright cake, it seems to sneak a little bit closer. The chaos of death. So you believe Jesus died? I believe that. Here's what's important though. Do you believe that He rose? This story that we tell ourselves, this story that we inherited from people who saw it happen, teaches us not only did He suffer for us, 
Not only did He suffer the same chaos that we suffer, He experienced the same storms that we have in our lives. He experienced people who hated Him for no good reason. He experienced people who persecuted Him for no good reason. He was wrongly convicted, wrongly tried, and wrongly killed. He was murdered. He's faced every wrong that we could ever even think we might face in the world. Chaos had its way with Him. And this story is supposed to get us prepared for His ultimate defeat of chaos. If He can speak to the wind and waves and they be calm, what about death? And so the angel says He is risen. The same way that He arose in the boat, He arose from the grave. In the midst of chaos, Jesus stands up and said, peace, be still. And the chaos of sin and death have been defeated, dear ones. They're as calm as the storm. So I have one more question for you. Is there any reason for you to be afraid of the chaos in this world? If Jesus has defeated the ultimate chaos of death, there's no reason for us to choose to fear There's no reason for us to choose to be afraid. Somebody wrote this and I found it interesting. thought I'd share it with you. One can continue to live in the world of fear and chaos seeing oneself orphaned or alone without the power of God living in a world controlled by the power of Satan or the demonic. Or... One can be open to hearing the message and promise of this Jesus in whom we are told that the kingdom of God has come into our midst and now offers a whole new future for our world and for our lives. Because, dear ones, He has risen and said, Peace be still. So whatever you face this week, Some of you probably have things that you know that you're going into this week that are frightening. Some of you have things going on this week in your lives that you'd rather not have to face. Some of you are anticipating good things that you're afraid might get screwed up. Some of you feel like you've been through the blender already this week. And you just need some rest. So I tell you, you truly are not in the boat alone. The disciples didn't yet realize who it was who was in the boat with them. But when the, when the waves and the wind stopped, their thoughts shifted. So as you face chaos in your life this week and in the weeks and months and years ahead of you, dear ones, remember who is in the boat with you. It's the one who rose on that early Sunday morning, walked out of a tomb, and said to the universe, Peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.